Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. I got a little chance to go on some vacation this week. Big thanks. Anybody get on vacation this, uh, this summer yet? Say yeah. yeah. And those of you that haven't, we feel for you. We feel for you. We heard school's right around the corner. We travel now in unusual ways. So because there's a lot of us, we found that we don't really fit in one hotel room anymore. We, we have to get like two hotel rooms. And usually you want to try to figure out a way to have them adjoining, right? And that's always difficult because every time you call the hotel, they're like, well, we don't really do that until the day of. And you're like, come on, you can surely put us into the computer. No, can't do that. You've got to come the day of and ask. And my Teal family back there is, is nodding because they know what this is like. So now we've got to take time to find an Airbnb which is actually the coolest thing ever because now we can get like a whole house for about the same cost as a hotel room. And so we were looking for a fun place to go on the way back and we found this farmhouse bed and breakfast. That's Angela. Everybody say hi, Angela. And we had this huge farmhouse, like built in the 1800s, that we got to be there. And Angela made us breakfast. It was the coolest thing. It did have air conditioning. Oh my gosh. Which was great, but they had all these really cool things around the farm that you could do and like a play set outside and all this area to run. It's a strawberry farm so people could like pick strawberries. It's the coolest thing in Clendenin, West Virginia. Yeah, I know. I didn't know where it was either, but it was right on the road that we needed to be on and it was absolutely stunning and beautiful. And I thought it was just going to be a really great time until I really met the superstar of the show. And I think we got a picture of him. His name is Tom the turkey. Everybody say, good morning, Tom. Now, when we arrived on the scene, there's actually two turkeys right there. The first is Tom, and then the second one, she was described as Tom's girlfriend. And Tom's girlfriend was pretty possessive, would not leave Tom's side. And of course, Tom immediately had to puff up, which is how I roll most of the time, just like that. But he just like puffed right up, and all you could get was this, this he would just kind of grunt at you and gobble at you, and he just wanted you to look at him. Every once in a while, he'd kind of turn around, he'd kind of show you the tail feather, you know, turn around this way. He was the serious, he was the star of the show. We got to hang out with Tom, and Tom was so sweet. He'd follow us around. He didn't peck at anybody's toes. He was the nicest turkey ever, but he had this really interesting quality that I had not expected. Right before we left, I noticed that the girls were outside, and they were talking to Tom, and which, is, which is fantastic, and they were having some good conversation. Then the conversation sort of devolved a little bit into something that was more of like a grunting sound, all right? But then what was really crazy was that the grunting sounds began to actually be a bit of a conversation, and I was able to record some of it on video, so I give you Tom the talkback turkey. Here we go. I got such a kick out of this. Of course, now he wouldn't say anything when she said, I love you, because obviously Tom's taken. But it was this great adventure to be a part of this farmhouse and kind of find it in the middle of nowhere. But we love this interaction that was happening with Tom, the talkback turkey. Every time that she would talk, Tom would talk back. And there would be a long silence. She wouldn't say anything. And all of a sudden, she'd say something again, and Tom would respond. Every single time, back and forth, except, of course, when she said, I love you, because like I said before, Tom's taken. 
It was a great adventure. We love to explore. Anybody love to kind of just take a risk like that and try something crazy? I was so worried that we were going to end up sleeping on the floor or something like that, but I'm like, you know what? We're just going to deal with it. It's the last time of day of vacation. It's just going to be whatever it is. But it was a great adventure because we love to explore. This new sermon series that we're doing is about exploration. It's about looking into faith a little bit more deeply than we have in this particular way. We've talked about faith in a lot of ways and how it kind of affects us. We've talked about things that we're dealing with. We've talked about a lot of surface things that we deal with and, and go through as a congregation. But this is actually taking a look at some of the pillars of the faith life. Baptism. We're going to look at communion. We're going to look at the Apostles' Creed. Do you guys remember when we do baptisms and we have that, that liturgy that goes back and forth and we say, I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, we go back and forth. That's the Apostles' Creed. And we're going to actually talk about where that came from and what that's about and the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to dive into some of these things for the next few weeks. The cool thing is we're going to add something in like we've never done before. We're actually going to match up a, a pastor-led pub theology conversation around these things. We can go even further in depth, and the nice thing is, if you get really bored of the conversation, they have good beer. So you're welcome. So that happens on Monday nights, beginning this Monday night at 7.30. Everybody say 7.30. Carolina Ale House. Say, oh, you did so good. That's over in the Waverly. If you've been to the Waverly, that's over there right across from Chewy's, I think that's right. And uh, great selections of stuff to eat and drink. I think you'll have a blast being a part of that. But those are going to start tomorrow night at 7.30. And we've got the pastors leading those conversations to dive deep into what we're talking about. And so this first session, we're going to be talking a little bit about what we talk about here today. This sermon series begins with people on the move, exploring new territory, coming to a whole new place in life. Now, I'm going to give you some, so this is some trivia time. I'm going to give you some information and see if you can guess which pillar of faith, and I haven't mentioned it yet, that we're talking about today. The people of God have just been rescued from Egypt, rescued from the Pharaoh's hand. They've taken off running across the desert. The Pharaoh's army was slapped by the sea and overturned, and now they're moving forward. This is a big moment in history. We're restarting God's people, and God gives them this. What is it that God gave them? On the count of three, one, two, three. Wow. Wow. Good job, Ashley, who's looking at my sermon <laughs> in the back. So she cheated. Hey, it's the Ten Commandments. Everybody say that. God gives them a new set of guidelines, a new bunch of information to help them kind of restart and restructure what it looks like to live life with God and life with each other. Okay. Now, I'm going to set the stage with some, some history here so we kind of understand what's happening. Yeah, I know, Copeland. It's exciting stuff. God calls them to this mountain. And he calls them up to the edge of the mountain. And he sets some boundaries. And he said, I'm going to come upon this mountain in fire and smoke. And it's going to be loud like a trumpet. But I want you guys to stay at the very edge. And he set some boundaries around where the people could go. Now, there's a couple of things going on here. God didn't want them to get too close because God was coming in what? Fire, right? So fire, danger, fire. Remember that um, uh, danger. What is that from? Saturday Night Live, the, uh, the dude that, with the, the things on the side of Frankenstein, fire bad. Yeah, was that, did I just age myself a bit? That's cool. It's whatever. So fire bad. We don't want to get the people into the fire. So we keep the boundaries on the edge. But God's doing a couple of things here. 
One, he's keeping the people safe, absolutely. He's also helping them to kind of have a little bit of an idea about what he's about to do by setting some boundaries. Saying these are the boundaries on which we're going to begin to live. And the relationship that we have with each other and that you have with each other. The other thing is kind of interesting. He comes in power and fire and smoke. And this is how God speaks to the people. Think about this. Visible, clearly, and through Moses, like verse 9 says, the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. God wants them to hear that Moses has an authority, that has something to say, but also comes with grace and mercy. All right, is the stage set? Everybody kind of following what's going on? Can we have that mountain of fire real quick just for a second? As we've approached this mountain of fire, there goes Moses, and God is going to begin to speak, and God wants everybody to see and hear that it's God at work, not who? Not Moses, that he is just the instrument of God's work. Everybody got it? Say got it. All right, so we're getting deep here. You guys got this. I'm going to start a little bit back in Exodus 19, and then I'm going to skip up to Exodus 20. Everybody got it? Say got it. Got it. Verse 3 in Exodus 19. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my commandment, then out of all nations, you'll be my treasured possession. Although the earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. And then the beauty of God's word comes to us in Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit. And God spoke these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, am your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, not your animals, not your foreigner rest residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that's in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore... The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother. So, children, my children in here? Did you hear this one? Just make sure. So that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now let's take a second and clean out the closets a little bit. 
I feel like any time that you start looking at some of these things from Scripture that have, I guess, a little bit of a, a connotation outside of Scripture, you got to clean out the closets just a little bit. When you hear the Ten Commandments, or when you've heard the Ten Commandments in your life, what do you think of? Anybody remember? Images or, or thoughts that come up when you hear Ten Commandments. You can say anything. What you got? Stone tablets. All right, anybody think of stone tablets? All right, good. What else, what else comes to mind when you think Ten Commandments? What you got? Charlton Heston. <laughs> and the Lord saith unto me. All right, what else? What else you got? What? Rules. Yes, everybody say rules. Yes, what else? What else you got? Anything else? The small catechism. Thank you. Yes, that's right. Luther's small catechism. What does this mean for us? What else do you think of when you think of Ten Commandments? Anything else? What? The law. Everybody say the law. You got to give it some growl. Say the law. It's true. The Ten Commandments have got some stuff we got to clean out the closets. They have been used to hurt people, to put people into boxes. They've been politicized into white nationalism, Christian nationalism. They've been set up like rules to oppress people. They've driven away tons and tons of people. And I think the reason why is that we've been looking at them all wrong. If we look at the commandments themselves, there's really kind of two things that we want to note right away. Number one, how they break down. There's a section, if you remember me saying that God was going to talk to us about how we treat God and how we treat what? Each other, right? That's how those sections out. But what's really interesting is that there's only three between us and God. And there are seven between us and each other. Think about that. More than double is how we actually relate to one another. God's got the relationship with us under control. The problem part ultimately becomes where? With us, right? The second thing, and this is what gets lost, and if you've tuned out of this sermon, tune back in. If you're watching online, you went to get coffee, hustle back to your computer because you want to hear this part. There is a coinciding gift of grace and love in each commandment. Amen. We're going to walk through them. Can I do a little teaching this morning? Can I do a little teaching? Yeah. That'd be all right? All right. Let's go through all ten. Here's the first one. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, what is the coinciding gift of grace and love in this one? You raise your hand if you got it. We'll see if we can have some fun. Maybe I'll help with this first one. The coinciding grace and gift and love is that all we need is God. God will never abandon or fail us. See, sometimes when we hear that commandment, all we hear is the negative. Oh, you don't have any other gods before me, Logan. I'm the most important pastor you've got. Don't you worry about any other pastors, right? And he's actually like, yeah, man, that's cool. I'm like, that's why Logan's my dude right there. But that's not what it's saying. What it's saying is that God is all we need. Everybody got it? They got it. All right, let's go to the next one. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. All right, we'll just leave it at that one. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What's the coinciding gift of grace there? There's power in the name of God. And even more simply, we know the name of God. We've talked about this before, right? We had somebody come up, we did a little demonstration, like when you meet somebody on the street, and you're just like, hey man, what's up? And they're like, hey man, what's up? And you move along and you don't know each other, right? You're just like, well, I greeted somebody on the street, but I don't really know who they are, I don't know anything about them. But then you meet somebody on the street and you say, hey, my name's Matt, what's your name? 
and you get to know somebody's name, there's an intimacy to it. Now think about this. In history, gods didn't ultimately have lots of names that they would give or that you could even speak or utter that you could call out. And God said, this is what you call me. And met Moses when Moses said, how in the world am I supposed to get all these people out of Egypt going up against the Pharaoh and you won't even tell me who your name is? I got to know who this God is. And God said, I am. We get to know the name of God. That's the gift. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What's the coinciding gift there? Vacation, vacation. (laughs) Holy rest is in fact that. It's holy. Resting is important to God. God doesn't have the same expectations that your high school math teacher does. God wants you to take a minute to slow down, to take a second and read some scripture, be immersed in the peace and love of Jesus, to just be in God's presence. As a matter of fact, God says over and over again, be still and know that I am God. Jesus goes off on a way to pray, to just stop, to stop teaching, to stop healing, to stop doing all the things that he ultimately came to do just to spend that time with God. Rest is holy. And what a gift that that is. Where are my people that like to nap? That is holy time. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Don't mess with my nap. Honor your father and your mother. What's the coinciding gift of grace and honor your father and your mother? Anybody got it? Say it loud. That you have a mother and father. Can I pick on you for a second, Cindy? Now, this comes from a family that has adopted, that has experienced people in their lives that didn't have a mother and a father, at least to speak of. And there are a lot of people who in this room had mothers and fathers that maybe they wish that they didn't. There are a lot of people in this room that maybe were raised by people that weren't their mother and father. That coinciding gift of grace is that God will not abandon you. That God will bring people into your life to raise you up and to lift you up. That's the coinciding gift. You shall not murder. This one's an easy one. What's the coinciding gift of grace? Love and life. I just said it. Yeah, you got it. God came to bring life and life abundant. You shall not commit adultery. You didn't think I was going to go there, but here we go. What is the coinciding gift of grace? Fidelity. Everybody say fidelity. God's gift of fidelity is a reflection of God's fidelity to us, that God will not ever abandon us. That's a gift that God gives us to say, reflect that in your relationships with one another so that people can see the glory of God in you. You shall not steal. What's the gift of grace? Now, y'all are saying some good stuff, but I can't hear you because you're not loud enough. What are you saying? Say it louder, really loud. We have enough. Somebody say amen. You know you got enough. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not lie. You ain't got to lie, Craig. I'm sorry. Every once in a while, like I just can't stop the pop culture that comes out of me that nobody knows. You shall not give false testimony. What's the coinciding gift of grace? Truth. Truth. And what? And a neighbor. That's exactly it. God gives us truth to share with each other. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Come on, guys. This, we got like three more to go. You got this. Two more to go. What is the coinciding gift of grace? Finding a way and taking it back. What's that? Finding a way and taking it back. 
finding joy in the things you have. God gives us shelter. God will make sure that we have what we need, right? So not only do we have enough, God will make sure that we have that which we need and shelter will cover us. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his manservant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey, you're welcome, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. What's that one? Oh, I got tired. I'm going to help you out. What is it? Jealousy. Jealousy. But what's the gift of grace that comes with that? Yes, he'll provide for us. God will give us all that we need, more than enough, showers us with more than enough. So I started thinking about this information that we've been given and how God spoke to God's people on that mountain in the midst of that fire. And I want us to get a little interactive for a second. Let me ask you this question. How does God speak to you. We're going to just take two or three minutes. I want you to talk amongst here. If you're online, you can put your answers in uh, the little chat, and maybe somebody back there that's online can respond to you. Find some people that aren't in your family and talk to them. Ready, set, go. So French mentioned that this is an interactive church, and he is actually really right on, spot on. We, we do a lot of interactivity, and the, and the goal is that it's not consumer church. All right? That you're not just coming here to hear music, a concert, or catch a motivational speech, and then go out and make better moral decisions. We want to create community here. And, and so if that weirds you out, I'm sorry. That's just what we do, and we gotta, we got to keep doing it, okay? Is that all right there, buddy? I guess so. You keep showing up. So here we go. All right, what did you hear? What did you say? Just shout them out. How does God speak to you? Being out in nature. Out in nature. Yeah, that's it. We had a couple in nature. Yeah, what else? Through music, all right. Through great. What else? One more time. What? Through other people speaking to you. What else? Through email. You are the first one. Send me your email. All right. This is good. What else? Prayer over here. Silence over here. God's word. Through difficult times, right? What was the first song we sang this morning? That song, Oceans, right? In the midst of the water, in the midst of the waves. Sometimes that's when we can hear God speaking to us most clearly. You know, sometimes, I think we forget about this. Right here. Scripture. You know, uh, Luther always talked about how... Um, this wasn't something that we worship, right? This isn't, isn't God. It's that which holds God, right? That we would see Jesus almost like, if you look at it, it kind of looks like what you would imagine like a manger of hay would look like, right? That, that Jesus rests in that manger, that we would be seeing Jesus in the midst of God's word. I think we forget about this a lot of times, but this is how we hear God talk back. This is how we hear God talk back. God meets us visibly, clearly, in love and grace. God's message of the Ten Commandments is clear and visible and full of love and grace. How we have relationship with God matters. How we have relationship with each other matters. It's a relationship that's built, encountered, entrusted to us, that we can just share in life in some incredible and wonderful ways. That God doesn't just sort of expect us to come and, and just pay homage to some giant trophy, but God calls us into relationship with each other, calls us into community with each other, and calls us into community with God through each other, through that relationship. 
my, uh, my, one of my little daughters uh, went to camp this summer and had a, had a great time. It just, you know, was fully immersed in camp. I was so worried she was going to get homesick, and, and she never looked back. I mean, like, the moment there, she, she got dropped. She's like, bye, mom, bye, dad. And we're like, oh, oh okay, cool. Yep, but see you later. You know, hope you have a good time. It's your first time away from your sister. It's the first time away from, like, home this long. It's like, it's uh, okay. We'll, we'll just see how it happens. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should go, go, go check on her. You know, what do you think? She's probably all right. You know? And we realized the problem wasn't her at all. <laughs> it was us. But anyway, we said, fine, go, go, go. She had a blast. Came back from camp and uh, had such a good time, and she was just down. I mean, just like distraught. Said, can I write my counselor a letter? He's like, um, yeah, sure, we'll write your counselor a letter. So we got a letter put together and, and put it back in. And then I noticed that since she's gotten back from camp, literally the day after the letter went out, she was checking the mail. And I'm like, hey, uh, you, what are, you, are you waiting on something in particular? And she was just like, yeah, I want to hear back from my counselor. I'm like, oh, sweetie. <laughs> First of all, I don't know if you're, I don't know, that, I know that your letter probably made it there, okay? But it's camp mail, and sometimes, you know, camp mail can be a little bit crazy, and, and sometimes they don't always get the letters, but, but probably she's got it, but, you know, they're also very, very busy, and they're very, very busy throughout the week. It's very hard to kind of, you know, to speak back. So really, what we wrote that letter for was just to share a little bit of love with your counselor. You might not hear back. And she said, but I want to, I want to. I think so often we spend time in prayer with God, speaking to God. And pastor, I don't feel like God's talking back to me. I don't feel like I'm hearing God's voice. I gotta tell you, this is one of the things that I hear in conversation most often. I don't hear. I don't know how to hear God. I can't hear God. I don't know what God's saying. I had a conversation this morning before worship where I heard the exact same thing. I don't know what God, I can't hear God talk back. And I always ask the same question. Every single time I ask the same question. Well, how are you listening? Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? See, we want God to talk back to us like talk back Tom the turkey. We want it to be just like that, right? And then the turkey talks right back. We want to go right to God and say, God, I got this issue, and I need you to just lay it out for me. Tell me exactly what it is. Give me a sign. Put it up on the road somewhere. Give it to me. And I'm, I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and we don't hear it. And we start to get frustrated because we want God to talk back to us on our terms. If you're with me on that one, say, yeah. Yeah. It's the truth. But here's the good news. This word is the living word of God, which means it's alive. We believe that as this church, that these aren't just words on a page, but as we encounter them in relationship, that they come to life, that God speaks to us through the word of God, that meets us in the midst of that ink and, and tree pulp that God meets us there with love and grace and mercy, clear and visibly. And sometimes it's hard because we want to hear that voice out loud. But this right here reminds us, church, who our God is. A God that meets us in the midst of our lives with real, true words, living word. And we hear the commandments. Here's the thing. When you, when you forget, when you forget how to hear God, you could start just about anywhere. But I'm going to encourage you this week. 
to just go back and look at the Ten Commandments. But this time, I want you to hear them like you should hear them. I'm going to read back to you the Ten Commandments flipped upside down by just telling you what we came up with, with the grace gifts that were in them. Are you ready for this? If you tuned out, tune back in. If you fell asleep, wake up your neighbor, because here it comes. God has always loved us more than anything. <laughs> I got to read that again. God has always loved us more than anything. All we need is God. God will never fail us or abandon us. God gives us full, intimate closeness, so much so that we get to know God's name. God gives us rest, and it's holy rest. God will surround you with those who will raise you up. God gives us life and life abundant. God gives us fidelity with each other, reflecting God's unfailing love for us. God will always give us enough. God gives us truth to share with each other, and God will never, ever lie to us and never, ever break God's promises. God will cover us and give us the shelter we need. God will shower us with more than enough. Brothers and sisters, say amen. That's the good news. That's for each and every one of us. If you wondered if God was speaking in your life, I hope you heard it. Maybe today you came in, you're needing to know that God's still alive, that God's still speaking. That is how we know. Maybe today it's you. Maybe today you needed to hear some good news. Maybe you needed to know because you're in the midst of a mess or you're feeling full-on lost, or you're feeling just trapped, or there's something you just can't figure out, or maybe you're oppressed, or maybe you're grieving, or maybe you're in the midst of some sort of pain that you don't even want to talk about with your closest of friends. This one's for you. Look somebody next to you and say, this one's for you. Tell them right now. Then open this up. Open this up. Then open up to it. There's a difference. Opening it up and opening up to it. Amen? This is the living word of God. Find those Ten Commandments. And never hear them the same way again. Look for how God brings that grace and mercy, that beauty, visibly and clearly. This is a God that loves beyond measure. God has always loved us more than anything. So take some time to listen to how God, to listen to God talk back to you. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, you call us forward. You call us to come to you. And yet, even in the midst of that calling, you meet us right where we already are. You have always loved us more than anything. So I pray we take a deep breath today and remember your goodness. That we remember your wholeness. That we remember, Lord, that you meet us in the midst of anything we're going through. You love us and that you just want relationship with us. So as we seek what it means to hear those Ten Commandments, Lord, fill us with grace and love and light, visibly and clearly, 
like the fire on the mountain. And may your name be glorified in all that we say and do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all of God's children say. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.